0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk
1: for fans, by fans. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam.
0: Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) That was good. Well, you know... (laughs) I don't have a singing voice, (laughs) but I'm trying.
1: Oh, welcome back, NASCAR fans. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, I had a fabulous weekend. Actually, I had a really nice Saturday, easy, relaxing. But I also even had a better Sunday, went out to Santa Barbara here on the West Coast. If you've uh, never been to Santa Barbara, I totally recommend it. It was phenomenal. I went out there, went to the beach, and just relaxed.
0: And for you guys that are on the East Coast, you can compare Santa Barbara to the Hamptons. It's where the rich and famous kind of hang out. I don't know. My boyfriend in my head, who I know you guys have no idea who this guy is, but look up Steve Aoki. He's one of the biggest DJs in the world. Steve Aoki, he went to Santa Barbara, and his nickname while he was in college in Santa Barbara Uh was Kid Millionaire. And there's a reason. Now, if you guys don't know, which I'm sure you guys don't, Steve Aoki's dad actually owned Benihana's. Whoa, Yeah. So nonetheless, a little backstory on Santa Barbara. The Oprah Winfrey has a house there as well. So Renee was out there hanging out with the rich and famous, (laughs) to make a long
1: story short. No kidding. And I don't have uh, Oprah money, but it was nice to be able to hang out there. And by the way, I did not know that I am a huge Steve Aoki fan. I love that guy. I love his music. I dig it. Uh, I'm huge in the EDM music music world I, I i love that stuff and i know that sounds weird coming from me but it's probably just as weird coming from people that don't know me and uh they know i'm a nascar fan
0: okay so why wouldn't it be weird coming from me
1: um i, I don't know I, yeah, that, that's true i <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have a boyfriend in my head that is it, japanese right who went to santa barbara who goes by the name of kid millionaire who daddy owned benihana <laughs> complete side note Most people don't know that Steve Aoki's sister is Devin Aoki, who was in Fast
1: and Furious. Really? What an amazing family and story that is.
0: And Steve Aoki's dad was, I think he was an Olympic weightlifter or something like that before he opened Benihana's. You know the history
1: on this guy. Are you
0: stalking this guy? Okay. Many, many years ago.
1: (laughs) This uh, it's a
0: it's a whole another story. I don't want
1: to get into it. Uh, there you just go. Just know
0: I live in Hollywood. Uh, I don't know.
1: And when you live in Hollywood, you just come across stories like that. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. So from Hollywood to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, let's jump mm-hmm. right into our observations of the Brickyard Four Hundred. Renee, what did you think? We already know you were in Santa Barbara, but, of course, you watched it on the replay. So what mm-hmm. did you think about the race?
1: Just overall. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate the number 18 car, Kyle Busch, and his team for winning the uh, Brickyard 400. Here's a guy who is uh, known to be a winner. He had a awesome weekend. The guy just dominated the entire weekend. I was able to watch it. I liked it. It wasn't one of the best uh, races that I liked, but I thought overall with the in the late cautions, crashes there.
0: Yeah, it was like with 7 laps to go, I didn't think yeah. we were going to ever get through the race <laughs> no because kidding. there was the Edwards crash, there mm-hmm. was the Jamie McMurray crash, uh Trevor Bain, I believe, crash. It was three significant crashes within the last 7 laps that actually put us into overtime, which got a little bit confusing. Again, I watch the races every week, and sometimes I'm like, what?
1: It seems like there's always something new that you go, "Ah, you're like, you're scratching your head going. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't know. My thing is, is that, okay, we have 20 laps to go, and then there is an accident but they're still going around the track counting down the laps. So sometimes I'm like, dude, I need those laps back because I need them to race. Yeah. So pretty much we got down to two laps Mm -hmm. while we were under caution, then it went into overtime, and then they extended the restart lines. It's just always so much stuff. We talk about it each week, right. but it's becoming a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm I'm not simple-minded, but I'm a simple person, and I like simplicity. Right. Meaning that if you start a 100-yard race, you start at one end and mm-hmm. you finish on the other. Not, okay, you're going to stop the 100-yard dash right here and restart and do this and no backup. And the person who is second can't pass the person who's in first until they get to a certain line. And it's just sometimes it's too much. But with all that being said.
1: i tell you what I did like, though. Um, I did like the fact that in the end when the race was over and you look at the top 10 there were a lot of good names there that we we don't hardly ever see
0: well you can't say we don't hardly ever see well, everybody that ever we, sees, we but, saw right the race was what Kyle in mm-hmm. first Kenseth second Jimmy third Hamlin fourth Larson Harvard, Logano, Truex, Austin, and Menard. So right. Menard was probably the only person we never seen in the top 10. Oh, and right. for you guys out there, I'm reading off a list. I don't have that
1: memorized. <laughs> yeah. Be clear. We do have our laptops open.
0: Yeah, I just so happened had the list open, so I was able to read it off, but... No, I can't tell you exactly who won top 10 every week. And what's really odd, for some reason, I don't know why I thought Joey Logano finished second. And before we started the podcast, Renee actually corrected me. And I was like, Dude, I didn't miss a second of the race. (laughs) I'm just a little bit baffled as to how I thought Joey was in second place. I think at some point he was. I'm confused. Right, right. But nonetheless. But it
1: was good to see a lot of the younger drivers in there as well in the top 10. Thought uh, Kyle Larson needed a really good ending. And he got it. And you had
0: Austin as well
1: up there. I think that, am I mistaken, that that put Larson qualified for the chase as far as at least in points. though? Yeah,
0: didn't hear Chase's name. It was, you know, pretty exciting. Well, let's move on to my guy who actually placed an 11. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I knew what place Smoke came in Oh yeah If I didn't know Anything else Although I was confused And thought Joey came in second I knew Smoke came in 11
1: Right And you know I, Not to take away From Kyle Busch And his dominance This whole weekend But let's be honest the, the story here Was all about One Tony Stewart's Last run At the Indianapolis Motor Speedway And number two Or vice versa If you want to do it that way Jeff Gordon Substituting for the 88 And Dale Jr I mean those were The two big stories Now One over the other, I don't think it really matters, but to me, my personal opinion it's always going to be about Tony Stewart at this point. I think the resurgence of Tony Stewart is just too big of a story. And Jeff Gordon coming out of retirement to drive for the 88 is one thing. And did he steal a little bit of a thunder? Now, I was going to ask you Stewart?
0: what you thought about that. I,
1: you know, I'll be honest with you. Yes, but not very much. Maybe maybe for a quick moment at the beginning uh, of the race. But even at the end of the race, like, I mean, we're even getting towards the end of the race where t- I think Tony had a penalty. They made him, start all the way in the back the just the resurgence of Tony Stewart a little penalty like that's not going to stop him and I knew he was going to come back and finish towards the end of the uh and finish at the top of the race towards the end of the race and he did he finished right outside the top 10 he finished number 11 and that right there just speaks volumes of how well he's racing right now.
0: Well, he said that he didn't feel any pressure and that it was actually one of the times he was most relaxed going into the race. He had his friends and his family there. He actually got just a snitch of choked up when they read some letters from Mm -hmm. some of his closest friends and his dad prior to the race. I thought the coverage was amazing and the storytelling, very compelling stories regarding Tony's history. I love to see these drivers as kids. I mean, actually somebody posted a photo of Joey Logano, maybe he was five or six years old, but as a child he had took a photo with Jeff Gordon, which I thought was sweet. I remember
1: that you showed me that picture and I was floored.
0: Yeah, and I mean to see this the backstories of Tony, I said it before and I'll repeat, Tony was born to race. Yeah. He talks about going to the races with his dad, going to the speedway when mm-hmm. he was six years old. So NBC, NASCAR, Fox, everyone did a wonderful day. Job telling the stories. Now, going back to a question that we just talked about, whether or not Gordon stole a little shine from smoke, Mm -hmm. I'm indifferent about the number 24. Well, I guess we can't call him the number 24, but I'm a bit indifferent about the Rainbow Warrior stepping into the number 88.
1: And did you see how they kind of uh, touched on how Gordon in the 88 was passing up Chase Elliott in the 24? <laughs> yeah, the, I, I, I think that was I so tweeted weird. about
0: yeah. that. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I'm happy to see Jeff back on the track, but a little bit of me just didn't want to see him back the weekend Tony was doing his farewell right. tour at his home track. Right. I don't know. Again, we say it all the time. I'll say it again. This is a podcast for fans by fans, and I'm a fan, and my favorite driver is Tony Stewart. So I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel, which is what I said. I was a little bit uh, about you were a
1: little irked by it. I, yeah, I, I guess, about. I can Gordon. tell.
0: <laughs> but mo- most importantly, no matter how I felt towards the end of the race, I was okay because to watch Tony grab Jeff Gordon to do that final lap Mm -hmm. after the race and to watch them embrace and how Gordon just gave Tony a big old bear hug. Whatever I thought and however I was feeling at the moment, I was like, wow, this is a really emotional and great time for two
1: legends
0: of NASCAR.
1: Yeah. And it seemed like that really touched the both of them in a way that I think only they could explain. And just watching that, remember when they they rode together a one lap around yeah. the the track together? I thought that was
0: Yeah, fam- that's what I just said. I thought it it. Yeah. it it was everything. You know,
1: that the hug, everybody just kind of like, you know, watching that and soaking it all in, knowing that these guys will never Well, you never say never, but knowing that these guys um, are—they're not going to race again. Race on that track ever again. Yeah, it's 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 awesome to see. And you know, you're right. Tony's Tony has nothing to lose. He really doesn't at this point. He knows it's his last year. And just the way that he's racing, for me, because I'm not him and I'm not a race car driver, it seems to me like how does this guy like see himself? How does he see himself retiring at the end of this season? Because he's racing so well. I wonder if, like, it's just a little bit of him somewhere deep inside Sparks and goes, you know what, maybe I don't want to retire. Maybe maybe I will give it one one more ride. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'll go one more year. Because he seems like he's just, he's driving so so well and he's having so much fun. I, I, do you see that? I know I do. I, I, I'm i sure anybody else out there, and you don't even have to be a Tony Stewart fan, but if you see it, I'm sure you could probably understand what I'm saying. I'd like to know your thoughts we'd like to know your thoughts and like I said whether you're a Tony Stewart fan or not uh, please hit us up on our uh, social media We'd, we'd love to hear from you
0: I'm just very happy that Tony's in the chase because the thought of Tony retiring his last year and not being in this chase would have been mind-boggling to me. But he's in the chase thanks to the win. And, I mean, regardless, he's he's actually been finishing top five, top Mm -hmm. ten, top 15. So he's earned his way in the chase. Chase is in the chase.
1: Chase is in the chase.
0: I like saying that, so I will say that every week. Chase is 12th. Right. You know, and Austin Dillon's 13th.
1: Right underneath him.
0: Kyle's in 16th place. Yeah. We talk a lot about our rookies and our young fellas. Mm -hmm. So I think we should probably give them a name. Should we call them the Fantastic Four? I don't know. That's that's actually, I like that. I like the sound of that. So when we talk about the Fantastic Four, Mm -hmm. we're talking about Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, Kyle Larson, and Blaney. As in Ryan Blaney. Right. So right now, three of our Fantastic Four are Are, in the chase. Yeah.
1: Ryan Blaney is the only one on the outside looking in.
0: Yeah. Along
1: with some other really good names, too, that that should be in the chase and that we're used to seeing in the chase, but they're not there.
0: Well, we know Dale is not in, but obviously we know the circumstances and that's why he's not in. Greg Biffle. Yeah. You and I were talking about this before the podcast started. Yeah, we talked about this before where the young drivers are pretty much moving out the old drivers, right? It's like, mm-hmm. or should we say the old drivers are making way for the new drivers? I'm not sure how we should look at it, yep. but you think about it. We just read you three of the four fantastic four are in the chase. So that means that those are three spots that have been taken away from some of the old drivers. Right. So again, we have Dale Jr. out. His circumstances are a little bit different as to why he's out. Greg Biffle's out. Clint Boyer, my man, is out.
1: He's like way out.
0: And Casey Kane is out.
1: Which is interesting. You know what? And Casey Kane's like not even that far out. He's like really like on the cusp of, of right there.
0: Okay, should Casey Kane be out as an out at Hendrick? Let's just address well, the let's address yeah. the elephant in the room. Each week when I prepare the show and I look at the standings and the history before I give you my personal predictions for the race, I always see Casey Kane's name. At one point, Casey Kane was winning, but what has he done? For anyone, especially Hendrick Motors, lately.
1: Well, it's always the question of what have you done for me lately. And Casey Kane obviously hasn't done a whole lot. He's just having a, an off year. And I think if you're a Casey Kane fan, and there are a lot of Casey Kane fans out there, I think they have to be just as disappointed as uh, anybody else. Are there but, really
0: a lot of Casey Kane fans? Well, out I wouldn't there? say
1: there's maybe like compared to Tony Stewart fans or Dale uh, Jr. fans. No, not that many. But there are some Casey Kane fans out there. You'll be surprised, Tam. I personally am not one of them, but I'm not a Danica Patrick fan either. So I don't. Uh, Okay, well, how did
0: it come to Danica Patrick? (laughs) And we haven't said this in a couple of episodes. We're not Danica haters.
1: We're just not Danica fans.
0: Okay, well. So
1: with that said, yeah, I mean, but you know, he's a good driver, and he's been there before. He he knows he knows what he's doing. He knows what to do. It just seems like this particular year, he just hasn't really put anything together. Now, how that uh, transfers over to his relationship with Hendrix, Maybe he needs a, a change. I think sometimes people need change. It's interesting because. Hendrix Motorsports
0: is not doing as great as the other teams, Mm -hmm. meaning the big teams like the Joe Gibbs Racing and Stuart Stuart Haas. I can't help but think, could it be the old versus new thing? Like, it seems that most of the older drivers aren't doing well with the new NASCAR packages. You know, the new car packages, whether it's the aerodynamics, this or that, spoilers, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I'm I, just throwing out I some don't stuff know. like that. Yeah, I, I,
1: I think it's, when you get into stuff like that, that's real technical. I'm not a mechanic. I I have cousins that are mechanics, but that doesn't mean that I know Renee. anything about mechanics. Renee. But.
0: I'm not a mechanic, but I've stayed at a Holiday Inn.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) I didn't feel like saying that.
1: (laughs) And all of a sudden, turned into a Holiday Inn commercial.
0: Well, Uh, I'm not a mechanic, but I will say this. I built an engine at Hendrick Motorsports with Valvoline a couple of years ago. And with Valvoline, I actually made some motor oil. Really? That's That was a couple of months ago. I went down to Kentucky. So I may not be a mechanic. (laughs) <laughs> but I can make an engine. And you can make some oil. I can make oil. it purr. <laughs> no, I did. I, I actually, I won, actually that, cool. I won that competition. They put us together in some teams. Oh, right but on. But I'm going to tell you a funny story. I drive a two-seater car. I've had my car three times in three different colors. And a friend of mine asked me for a jump.
1: Oh, my goodness. And so, by the way, this is not a two-seater smart car. We're talking about a two-seater Mercedes-Benz, people.
0: Oh, don't don't be putting me on
1: blast like that. <laughs> She's the one that should be in with Santa Barbara, not me.
0: Okay, <laughs> but this is a funny story. So my friend, he needed a jump. I never opened my hood before. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you didn't know where the battery was? No, I didn't even know how to open the hood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> So once I got the hood open, the engine is covered. It has this really nice encasing that just has the MB symbol on it. Right. So he looked at me and was like, I said, why are you looking at me? You're the man. (laughs) He was like, but you know a lot about cars. And I started laughing because anybody who knows me knows I know, or at least I used to know a lot about cars. I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore because even when my tires need rotated, I just go to the dealership and pull it in. I do frequently need air in my tires and that's only because the way my car is, I have Pirelli tires and the two in the front are a little bit different than the ones in the back. So now I actually can't rotate my tires, but for whatever reason, there's always an imbalance with the air pressure. I can fix that myself. But why? Because I can just go to the dealership. I roll right into service. I don't even have to get out my car. They fix it and I'm going about my business. But while that being said, we don't went on a whole different tantrum about cars. I don't even forgot. What were you we talking about? Oh, we were
1: just talking. <laughs> I'll, I'll remind you. But uh, this all goes back to uh, maybe because oh, we were asking the oh, drivers. the old the drivers, and old the drivers driver. Yeah, yeah. having a way to deal with the new packages. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the answer is, but uh, it just seems like looking at the way the chase grid unfolds right now at this point, we have a lot of the younger drivers in the chase right now. And yes, yeah. it may be based on points, but you know what? A lot of the older drivers and, and the ones that you named are not in.
0: Well, one thing going back to Hendricks really quick and bringing Dale Jr. in the fold, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, we actually talked about our week before last, we talked about jr possibly not running as well because of the new packages and he seems to be a different kind of driver he's more of an old school driver Mm -hmm. even like with tony because tony has talked about the whole new school stuff and not really understanding the cars for whatever reason now is starting to click to him but Honestly, I think maybe a lot of his retirement was that he just got tired of dealing with all the new school technology and a new package. Dale, two or three weeks ago, said, quote, all we do is talk about packages. Mm. Just touching a little bit on Dale, Dale updated his status and it appears to be he's recovering, but he said he's not recovering as fast. It's a slow process. So, Junior, we wish you the best. We want to see you back in the car. We don't want to see you retire. Nobody does. And we'll leave it at that because we dedicated two whole episodes to Junior, right? Almost.
1: Let's be honest. He's just the most uh, recognizable face in the sport. There's so many huge stories in NASCAR. I really like this for the sport. I really like all of this craziness and this not so much drama, but uh, all this craziness of news that's going around. I think it's great for the sport. I think it helps kind of like bring people in. And I know that there was probably an issue with fan base out there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You yeah. say you like all this news. So you like the empty stands because Indianapolis was empty. You're talking about a racetrack. hmm that holds 250,000 people that only had estimate a little under 50,000. Now, when we had the Indianapolis 500 there in May, you had 250,000 plus people there. They oversold it. Now granted it was the the 100 (laughs) running of the Indy 500. You go from IndyCar with 250, 300,000 people to NASCAR only having 50000 that's not saying
1: much yeah, for I, a, the, I don't know the what state the, of
0: the sport. Right, and I
1: don't know what the answer is, Tam. I, I wish I had the answer to uh, bring more people into the stands because I know that there's a lot of NASCAR fans out there, but you know what? It's possible that, and it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier before the podcast started as well, and I think we talked about this. Part of it is, is a bit of a headache when we were talking about a casual fan has to take the time and— the money to get themselves there put themselves up for a few nights get to the racetrack buy food buy drinks it's the the same old story as if you go to a football game a baseball game it's the same thing just in a different manner but it's all the same you have to make all these preparations and sometimes the people just don't have the finances to do that or maybe in the time or both i don't know It's more than
0: preparation. It's like you have to go rob a bank, pay Peter and pay Paul (laughs) to attend a race. You're talking about a hotel that's three, four, five hundred dollars a night at the day's end. Mm -hmm. Then you're talking about getting to the city. Right. That adds up. And it's really interesting too. just side note. This crossed my mind. It'll never happen. But I almost feel as if sometimes they should just run Xfinity races the same day as cup races. Why not? There's nobody at the Xfinity races. Nobody. It's almost a crime. It's almost like
1: watching a qualifying.
0: Yeah, because it's (laughs) empty. Right? So let me ask you this, Renee. Do you even think that the Brickyard 400 was a good race?
1: Me, personally, I thought it was boring. I really honestly thought it was boring.
0: Okay. Now, (laughs) that's coming from a NASCAR fan. Right. Somebody proposed this question on Twitter, and it was amazing that most people thought that the race wasn't good. I don't know why people thought that, but many people just thought it wasn't good. Now, it could have something to do with Kyle Busch dominating.
1: But I wonder if people just look at their driver that they like, and I'm sure Kyle Busch fans probably thought, it was a fantastic weekend. They probably thought it was an awesome race because your driver won. And I totally get that. But sometimes people, I think, tune out too quick when they have this attitude of, well, my race car driver's out. He crashed. He wrecked. He's down. He's the Whatever the case is. And then they get bored. They get bored with seeing somebody winning and winning and winning. And then you're going, okay, well, is that just because you don't like that driver? You're not a fan of that driver? Or your driver's out? I can understand why some people would say it was boring. Maybe that might be because of that.
0: I didn't think it was boring, but I don't think it was ex- super exciting, if that makes sense. Okay. Kyle led 149 laps, I believe, out yeah. of what was it? 160, 170? Yeah, right. Yeah, because we went into overtime. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's just like super dominance.
1: Yeah, that's So for
0: those fans who like passing and wrecks and all that good stuff, I can see where they thought it was boring because there wasn't a lot of excitement. There was a question that was proposed on BleacherReport.com that said, is Kyle Busch's virtuosity sapping the life out of NASCAR? And that's a deep question. What did you think?
1: Which is basically going back to what I was saying, when somebody just keeps winning and winning and winning. Is that what it's alluding to? Yeah.
0: I mean, you think about it. He sat on the poll for the Xfinity race and he sat on the poll for the cup race. And not only did he sit on the poll, but he also won both races. He won the Xfinity race and he won the cup race. Pure dominance. I tweeted this. And the question was, is it safe to say Kyle Busch is a legend?
1: Which I think is a very good question. And you could either, I think most people can go either or, and I understand that. I personally think, I think he is. Look at the last couple of years of his career. Uh, Last year itself, by itself. That says a lot. The way the guy came back from an injury and dominated the end of the year and then won the chase at the end of the year just speaks volumes. Well, the question was,
0: is it safe to say Kyle Bush is a legend and the choices were yes, no, and one day, but not today? And believe it or not, it was almost even. No, in one day, but not today. Both received 31%, but 38% of the people who voted said yes. So go. I guess you're probably right, Renee. He's a, a legend. If nothing else, he's a legend in the making.
1: Yeah. I don't think that either goes whether you like the guy or you don't like the guy. I think in general when you're just looking at it from a NASCAR fan perspective, me personally and the way I looked at it when I when I saw the uh the question, my answer was yes.
0: Let's go into our fan comment of the week. And our fan comment of the week comes from the question that we proposed earlier from the BleacherReport.com dot com article on whether or not Bush's Virtuosity was sapping a life out of NASCAR. So this is actually going to be a two-part fan comment. So the first comment quote is, people would say the same thing about any other driver. Doesn't matter who it is. People just want more competitiveness and less repetition. The only people who enjoy this SHIT are the fans of whatever driver is dominating at the time. Now, in response to that comment, another commenter, and this is on the Reddit board, on the NASCAR Reddit board, another commenter by the name of SEOLA1 responded and said, I want my driver to win, but I'd want it done with some drama, flair, panache, bit of door banging, bit of some sling shooting, perhaps a turn four switcheroo and I'm down. Interesting comments. What do you think about those comments, Renee?
1: You know, I think they're both right. I think they both have a point. I think the first comment I think is right. There are some NASCAR fans out there who they like that kind of stuff because their driver is winning. That's what I was just saying earlier. I'm sure Cal Bush fans were ec- ecstatic that he was winning and they should be. And I'm sure that they thought this whole weekend was fantastic. I'm sure they thought the the race on Sunday was one of the best ever, but it's all because their driver won. But the other comment that was made after that in response to that comment is also right because there are some NASCAR fans out there that they don't mind if somebody dominates and wins as long as their driver at least gives them a little bit of hope that they could win, they might win, but they do it in a way that there's some drama, whether it's a crash or knocking people, bumping somebody. You want a little drama. You want a little bit of action in there to kind of make it interesting, a little bit of a suspense. And I think that that's what helps the race a little bit. And I think that's what helps race car fans kind of keep focused into the race.
0: Unless you're a kyle bush fan it's safe to say your driver has issues every week because all drivers do i mean even kyle bush so to base a race on whether or not your driver is doing good or bad i don't think that's the best way to judge a race no you know so moving on let's go into some predictions it's time for Tammy renee's race predictions
1: Pocono. Here we go, Pocono, NASCAR fans. Renee, who you got? Alrighty. Well, based on uh, what's been happening the last several weeks, both me and you have been pretty much right on with some of these predictions. Uh, whether it's the actual winner or whether it's our dark horse that we pick, we've been doing pretty good. So I'm gonna say just based on what I feel, and I know you look at it a little bit different than I do, but my vibe is I would not be surprised if Kyle Bush wins Pocono. I'm telling you, I will not be surprised if Kyle Bush wins that doggone race next week. Now, my dark horse right off the bat, I'm not giving up on this dude, Kevin Harvick. I'm going with Kevin Harvick as my dark horse, but don't be surprised if Cowbush wins that race.
0: Renee, you pick Kevin Harvick to win every week. <laughs> That's
1: what I every I'm not single giving up week. on him. Come on, Kevin. Come on, man.
0: Okay, you guys know the routine. I give you a little bit of history before I give you my pick. Just a quick fact that I thought was interesting. Do you know that the first race in Poconos was run in 1974? And guess who won that race? The King, Richard Petty. Now, what I thought was very interesting was he won that race in a 1974 Dodge. Dodge is not Dodge. even in the sport anymore. I was going to say,
1: what? do they even make Dodge still?
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you would think that Dodge would be back in the sport because you have the Dodge Charger, which is super fast. Yeah. It has, like, the Hemi engine, and you have the, what was, the, there's another Dodge car that's pretty nice.
1: Um, Is it the Dodge Ram? No, that's a truck. Oh, i well, uh, sorry. Okay, Not Renee bad. has I'm... no clue. Yeah. No. Tells you where I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, though, I had heard that there was some rumblings that, Car manufacturer may enter into NASCAR next Hmm. year. we would be interested to see who it is. Maybe Pontiac. Oh, yeah, because we saw that Pontiac (laughs) used to be in NASCAR. (laughs) That's like way back in the day. Pontiac coming back. Nonetheless, so let me give you some winners. So we have two races each year in Poconos, one in June and one in August. So for the last five years... The June race winners have been Jeff Gordon in 2011, Joey Logano in 2012, Jimmy Johnson in 2013, Dale Jr. in 2014, Martin Truex in 2015. This is actually the last six winners because Kurt Busch won earlier this year in June. Well, I guess that's only two months ago. Right. So in the August races at Poconos, our 2011 winner was Brad Keselowski. 2012 was Jeff Gordon. 2013, Casey Kane. Oh,
1: there he is,
0: Casey Kane. Junior won in 2014, which meant he actually swept the June and August race at Poconos in 2014. Matt Kensett won in 2015, and we had, or we don't have a winner yet for August 2016. So I'm going to tell you who I think is going to be the winner. This is just pulling a rabbit out the hat. Okay, I just want to say this. Wouldn't that be funny if Jeff Gordon won? Oh, my
1: goodness.
0: In the number 88?
1: Oh, my goodness. He's won before what, this what a, track. What an uproar that would be.
0: Well, he's not my wow. winner, so don't worry. Okay, yeah, right. He, yep. He's not my pick. I okay. said not my All winner. Right, he's well, not I'm my pick. Saying. Don't <laughs> worry. So I'm feeling very much like I should be going with somebody whose name we haven't called, like a Denny Hamlin.
1: Hmm. You
0: know, he finished top five last week that or this did. week. That he did. But I'm not going to go with him either. Oh, I'm going to go with some familiar faces. Drum
1: roll, please.
0: I am going to go with Martin Truex and Matt Kensett with my dark horse. Hmm. Or should I go with Matt Kenseth and Truex as my dark horse? Well,
1: Matt Kenseth did come in second yesterday, but Martin Truex, not a bad pick either.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: Not a bad pick either.
0: Mr. Good Luck.
1: Yeah. That's a joke. but
0: yeah so martin truex is my pick and my dark horse is matt Kensett. by the way before we close this show i've picked the winner three weeks in a row
1: there you go she drops the mic boom and see you later tam (laughs) she's got to get to the bank so she's (laughs) she's already out the door uh, just kidding. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Please hit us up on our social media. You can find me at It's Renee Garcia on my Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. And you can find Tam.
0: I am at I Am Sincerely Tam. And as you guys know, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. You can catch us on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, Snapchat, our user is at turnsnobreaks. Thank you guys so much for listening each week. Make sure to tell a friend, make sure to get with us on Twitter. Every Sunday we watch the races live and make sure to check out our Instagram. We post some amazing never seen before photos. So have a wonderful weekend, you guys, and we will check you next episode.
1: Have a great week, you guys.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.